Let's open our Bibles to James chapter 1. I was going to say, and then Matt's work, sorry. Oh! You announced it, yeah. Yeah, um, we have, uh, we we praise the Lord. I I did mention it um, on the signal, but uh, we praise the Lord for Matt's new job. That's an answer to prayer. Yeah. Yeah, we've been praying about that on and off for a while. (laughs) So, um, amen, that's manifested. Yeah, praise the Lord. Thank you very much for all your prayers and standing with us. Yeah. Yeah, Nancy says thank you to everyone for praying and standing. I'm sure we'll probably hear some more about it later on. But, yeah, amen. And we're still praying for promotion for Taiwo as well. Yeah, but, um, yeah, so so we've got one down and one to go. (laughs) Yeah. I just thank God uh, for last year. God has been so good, yeah. been so, good so kind, and always answer our prayer. You know, when I pray for, I mean, for the children and, and the family, instantly I just get answered. You know, there's many places I can pray, but all I could just say that God has been so good, so gracious, and faithful, and we are so blessed for His kindness and His blessings protection over our family. Thank you. Amen. 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 We give all glory, all glory to God. Last year was a, it was a great year. Amen. Amen. It was it was a great year for those that walk by faith. For other people, it wasn't such a great year. But this uh, this is you know this is coming down now to where uh, even if you're a believer in Jesus, you got to get on the stick. You know you. I think the. I think that God is, I, I think one reason a lot of this stuff's being exposed and happening is that God's given people a choice, yeah. you know? Who are you going to serve? And I think this has given people a very clear, uh, a very clear decision to make, you know? There's not going to be any standing on the fence anymore from now on. And um, so anyway, praise God, we're, we're going to stay on the right side of the fence. Hallelujah. So let's turn to James chapter 1. And um, today, if you want to give this a title, it's called Endurance, the Queen of All Virtues. Endurance, the Queen of All Virtues. And here in James chapter 1, uh, This letter was written by James to the early Jewish believers who were scattered throughout the Roman Empire. And they were uh, being persecuted. They were struggling with very difficult hardships uh, at that time. So James writes this letter to them. Um, The difficulties that they faced at that time in the early church were very different from the difficulties and the circumstances that we uh, are experiencing and facing today in the modern Western world. At that time, they were thrown to the lions. They were burned at the stake. They were thrown in prison just for being a believer in Jesus. The circumstances and the difficulties that we uh, face today in, in the modern world, in the Western world, uh, consist 
primarily of um, uh, health, finances, busy schedules, too much work, um, and the intense nature of our jobs. And even though these challenges are not as life-threatening on a day-to-day -day basis as the early church, uh, nevertheless, they're still very real. And regardless or, of the nature or the severity of the challenges, it's vital that we have the right attitude toward high-pressure situations in order to come out victoriously. So we're going to look at these first few verses here in James chapter 1 and pick them apart for some deeper revelation into walking out our victory over the devil. So James chapter 1 verse 1, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. Now, when he says count it all joy, he is not saying that you are supposed to enjoy this, okay? <laughs> now, that's the way many people have interpreted this. That's the way many translations of the Bible interpret this. Uh, but that's not what it means. When he says count it, Count it all joy. Uh, what he's about, he's saying what he's about to say after this is to be the leading thought, the uppermost in your mind. This is to come first. You're to consider it. Make a predetermined decision that this is going to be the leading thought in your mind and don't leave it to chance. So he's really emphasizing, he's, what he's going to say after this is you're, we're to put so much emphasis on it, it stays at the forefront of our mind. So when he says, count it all joy, he's not saying that we're supposed to accept the situation that we're in. That's not what he's saying. Now, we may hear, uh, have heard a lot of sermons on that, is that we're just supposed to accept this and you know this is the way it is that is not what James is saying when he says count it all joy happiness is uh, it's an emotion it's based on our outward circumstances uh, it comes and goes happiness comes and goes uh, in accordance with our external circumstances and in that regard it's temporary uh, all it takes uh, is one harsh word, some bad news, an unanticipated bill, and out goes the happiness. You know, that, it's gone. It comes, it goes. It comes with good news. It goes with bad news. But joy shares the same root word as the word grace. The word grace. And joy is not determined by circumstances. Joy is a supernatural force imparted into our born-again spirit, and it is released by the grace of God to carry us through every situation and to lead us to victory. So joy has a divine origin. It's not uh, related to outward circumstances, and it's a constant divine flow 
that's not affected by outward circumstances. This is something with, on the inside. This is a spiritual force within our born-again spirit. So joy doesn't mean happiness? No, it's not. No. Happiness is just an emotion. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. That's a, a, uh, a supernatural impartation of God into our spirit when we're born again. And there's not a whole lot of talk about it, and there's not a lot of emphasis placed on it about uh, how we access it and that kind of thing. But it's not an emotion like happiness. Joy is something that we can enter into and maintain, even when the circumstances (coughs) outwardly are not good. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about. This, This first few verses here is going to center around that. How do we do that? So you can write this down. Joy is God's supernatural response to the devil's pressures, and it flourishes best in hard times. Now when I say the word pressure, everybody in the sound of my voice, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We can talk about challenges of health or finances or work or whatever, but when I say pressure, Everybody knows what I'm talking about. So no matter what, all of our challenges may be different, but everybody experiences pressure in some form or another. And this, is, this comes from the devil. Joy is God's supernatural response to the devil's pressures, and it flourishes best in hard times. So again, he's not telling you to enjoy the trying of your faith, Okay. So, he says, count it, predetermine, keep at the forefront of your mind that you're going to leave the happiness realm. You're not going to rely on happiness to carry you through. You're going to jump in the constant uh, stream of joy. And that's what's going to carry us through this. And the devil's not expecting you to respond in joy. When When he comes to try your faith, he's not expecting you to, to jump into the joy stream. Uh, he's not expecting you to endure, to exercise endurance, and, and to uh, respond that way and to maintain your joy. He's expecting you to blame God and quit. Because for many Christians, that's the response. So, so that's what he's expecting you to do. He wants you to jump into despondency. Despondency is a state of low spirits caused by a loss of hope or courage. And it's the opposite of joy. This is how the devil wants you to respond, and it's the opposite of endurance. It's the opposite of endurance. Despondency says all is lost, and there is no hope. It's a spirit that Satan sends to get you to give up and quit. So we need to recognize this when it comes. Count it all joy when, when you fall into diverse temptations. Now this phrase fall into means that you have fallen into a situation that you are completely, totally surrounded by. Everywhere you look, that's all you see is this adverse, this bad situation. 
and you're thinking, how on earth am I ever going to get out of this place? Now, I'm sure we've all been yeah. there. I know I've been there, and praise God, because of this word right here, I came out of one area, but I've got some other areas where I'm still surrounded, and I'm still looking around, and I'm still thinking, am I ever going to get out of this place, you know? <laughs> but praise God, if you come out of one, if you know what brought you out of one, you know what brings you out of another. Amen? So, like I said, the, the best word, I think, is pressure. Am I ever going to get out of this situation? The pressure from the devil by surrounding you with adversity is focused primarily on getting you to give up. That's really the basis of his pressure. Of his pressure. The devil makes the situation look like there's no way out. Doom is inevitable, and he puts pressure on you to give up. He pressures you to fling away your confidence in God's word and to quit acting on the word because that's our victory. The word is our victory. So, of course, he's going to center. You know, he disguises it in so many ways, but he is after that word. He wants to dig it out of your heart. As long as you're acting on the word, you won't succumb to his pressure. And God has placed within our born-again spirit every spiritual force necessary to bring us out to a place of victory. So verse 2 is telling us we have to predetermine to have joy, to maintain joy, even when we fall into a situation where we're completely surrounded by it. It looks like there's no way out, and, and the devil has, has brought this on us. We have to predetermine that we're going to have joy and maintain joy. Verse 3, knowing this, now, in the King James Version, the word this is in italis, is italicized, which means it wasn't in the original Greek language. The, the translators put it in there just to try to clarify the sentence. So we, we could leave it out. Uh, and it says, knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Now, the King James Version also uses the word patience here. It is not the best translation of that word. Uh, endurance is a much better translation. Uh, some of the other translations mm -hmm. use that word, and that's the word I'm using today because that's the best translation. And we'll get, we'll, we'll, in, we'll zero in more on uh, endurance here in a few minutes. Uh, so, knowing that the trying of your faith worketh endurance. Now, I'm not a Greek scholar. I'm not interested in being a Greek scholar, but there are those who are, and I can read their books, and I can read their material, and so can anybody else, uh, and we can uh, reap the benefits of all their years of study that they have made available to us. And they tell us that the word knowing here is in the continual sense. Uh, it means knowing, keep on knowing, continue to know, knowing, knowing, continue to know, don't let this uh, leave your mind, 
Keep this at the forefront of your mind. Don't ever forget this. That the trying of your faith uh, worketh endurance. So what is the trying of your faith? Now the word trying here in verse 3 is a different word from the word tempted in verse 13 where it talks about being tempted with evil. So this is not the same uh, this is not the same word, not the same context. The word trying means, this refers to a proving or a testing. Like when a company manufactures a new product, they try it, they test it, they, they put it through a, a test, they prove it. Does, it. does this product live up to the claims of our company? Does this product live up to what we claim it will do? Uh, does it live up to the reputation of our company? I'm sure Matt does it all the time with the cars that they build. Uh, all these, you know, they have these consumer places, hair dryers, microwaves. They put all these things through uh, trial. a trial, yeah, to test it, to prove. Will it, does this thing work the way the company claims it will work? So they put it under extreme rigorous conditions. Uh, a car, they'll put it through turbulence, they'll put it through rain and, and speed and uh, all, these, all these various uh, conditions. Will this car withstand these adverse conditions? Will this car live up to the claims uh, that, that it, will, uh, it can endure this? Uh, I remember in America seeing a, uh, an advertisement for Samsonite luggage. And uh, they put this Samsonite suitcase in a room with a gorilla. And this gorilla would pick up this suitcase and it would thrash it all around uh, the room, you know, and it would throw it up against the wall and it would take it and it would, you know, bang it on the floor and then it would, it would jump, you know, it would jump up and down on top of this suitcase, you know. What's that all about? He's proving, he's proving that this suitcase is a genuine, authentic, Samsonite suitcase that cannot be broken. And it will endure any kind of condition you put it in. That's, that's the purpose of, these, of that commercial. Um, you know, the, this, this gorilla, you know, uh, has, has, has proven this is the real deal. This suitcase is the real deal. It's, it's not uh, secondhand, it's not a phony. Uh, this suitcase has been proven. It's been proven it can endure adverse conditions without breaking. And when you start confessing that you're a tither and that you're healed and that you're blessed, or if you step out in faith in some area, the devil will try and put your faith to the test to see if your faith is the real deal. That's what it's all about. A preacher, a, a pastor preaches healing in a church, and two days later they all get the flu. What's that about? The devil has come to put their faith to the test in the area of healing. 
um, you know, the, 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 somebody might say, well, the pastor preached that stuff, and uh, the pastor, the pastor preached uh, healing, and everybody in the church got sick. That, that must not be true. No, it's true. The devil has just come Amen. to try yeah. their faith. He's, the devil's come to confirm it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah. People hear the word about tithing and being blessed, and you hear from the word that God not only wants you spiritually blessed, but financially blessed, physically blessed. And all of a sudden, they lose their job. You know, what's this all about? The devil has come to try their faith. And it's from the word that we find out what belongs to us. Uh, Jesus said the devil comes immediately to steal the word we have heard. So there are people that say, well, I confess three days I'm healed and nothing, nothing happened. People say, well, I tied three weeks and my finances didn't improve. Well, um, you know, those people are just a three-day wonder. You know, they lasted three days and they were ready to quit, you know. They just didn't exercise the force of endurance. The devil has come to try their faith to see if it's genuine. Is it the real deal? Satan comes to try your faith and to prove your faith in an area where you are standing. Are you going to stand by your confession of being financially blessed? Are you going to stand by your confession of being healed and walking in divine health and experiencing God's favor? So if you know in advance... The devil is going to strike you in any area where you've been standing in faith. Then, at that point, it becomes your responsibility, my responsibility, to prove to the devil, to verify that, yes, our faith is genuine. Amen. Yes, our faith is Amen. genuine. And now it's our opportunity to prove that our faith is genuine. It's the real deal. Now, I was talking about, you know, a company manufactures a product. God has manufactured your faith. The Bible says Jesus is the author and the finisher, the manufacturer of our faith. It can overcome any test, trial, and proving by the devil. Your faith is strong. There's no defects in it. There, there's nothing wrong with it, but without endurance, you will give up. There's nothing wrong with your faith, but if you don't exercise endurance, you will stop your faith. And the devil knows from experience this is the response of most Christians when he comes to try their faith. Verse 4. But let endurance... Have her perfect work. Now the word work here, you know, it, it describes some kind of energy involved. Uh, in this case, it, this is a word that describes something that starts from the top and begins to work its way down, uh, infusing completely, thoroughly, uh, 
your being from top to bottom to accomplish a definite, exact conclusion. This is, this is a, a, an anointing. It's like an anointing. It's, it's kind of like a chemical reaction uh, that comes, that by the grace of God uh, comes on us when we act on the Word of God. When we act on what we know the Word of God says, we uh, implement the force of endurance. When we act on what we already know the Word of God says, you cannot fight despondency with mental powers. Uh, your spirit has to have the Word in it to rise up on the inside and activate this force of endurance. And when you act on the Word, this supernatural divine flow, this anointing and grace of God from will will begin to activate, it will begin to rise up on the inside of you and it will start at the top and work its way all the way down and and thoroughly infuse you. And this is what the Bible calls endurance. It is a spiritual equipping and anointing to carry you through, to see you through any situation and to lead us to victory. You can write this down. Endurance is released to work for you in the face of adversity. When you act on what you know the Word of God says about your situation. When you act on what you know the Word of God says about your situation, you are activating the force of endurance. You've put it into motion. You've released it. Uh, Satan would rather that you never hear the word about what belongs to you. But on the other hand, he's not so concerned about what you know or how much you know as long as you never act on it. That's really what he's interested in. He doesn't, he's not too interested in how much you know as long as you don't act on it and put it into practice. One scholar calls endurance staying power. The power to stay, stick with it. It's a spiritual anointing that outlasts, perseveres, and never gives up. It's, um, it's from two Greek words that mean underneath <coughs> and to stay. Underneath and to stay. It, it describes remaining in one spot to keep a position and resolve to maintain some territory that has been gained. It's kind of like in the military. You know, they gain a, a, some ground. They, they, they gain, they take this hill and they say, they put the flag down and they say, this is ours. We're not retreating. We're not moving. This is ours and we're not, we're not moving. We're not giving up this territory that we fought the last two days to gain. Others, other uh, words that describe endurance are unwavering, steadfast, consistent, and persevere. Refusing to surrender to obstacles and turning down every opportunity to quit. 
Now, if you wanted to define endurance in one sentence, I think that would be it. Refusing to surrender to obstacles and turning down every opportunity to quit. And the devil will give you plenty of opportunities to quit. <laughs> I can guarantee you. There's, there's also another angle that you can look at this uh, word endurance. It describes someone who is underneath a heavy load. But in spite of that, they say, I'm not moving, I'm staying, this is my territory, this is my promise, this is my inheritance, this is my victory, and I'm not giving up. That's another meaning, that's another description of what it means to endure. Somebody who's underneath a pressure and a heavy load, but they say, in spite of it, I'm not giving up this ground, uh, I've come this far, Devil, you can't have it. I'm not moving. I'm staying right here. Amen? Mm -hmm. I'm defending what belongs to me. Amen. As we're talking, I was thinking actually, you know when Jesus was tempted for 40 days in the wilderness? Mm -hmm. He was enduring because he was hungry, he was thirsty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm. Yes. Boy. The pressure, that's where the pressure really came on in the Garden of Gethsemane. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a saying, uh, tough times don't last, but tough people do. And I think, uh, and I, I remember in, in school, I played basketball, and when we would go into the, the gym from the, like the player's entrance to the gym, uh, in what we call the trophy room, where all the trophies were, trophy cases, uh, there was a poster above the door that led out onto the court. And uh, the poster above that door said, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think if there's, if there's one prescription the body of Christ needs right now, uh, we need to toughen up. The body of Christ needs to toughen up. Amen? Mm -hmm. And this is why the early church believers called endurance the queen of all virtues. Because they believed if you possess this quality, you, it, it would enable you to victoriously outlast anything that the devil could bring against them. Any pressure or any ordeal of the day uh, the, the force of endurance, this virtue or quality of endurance, would enable you to outlast anything. Amen. And we're, we have an opportunity, we've had an opportunity the last two years to put this into practice, haven't we? And some people have, like we, we have, but there are many other people who, who have not. And, the, and the, you know, even... Even Christians that don't know about this, they don't know how to do this, they don't know they can do this, have struggled. Uh, and, and the unbelievers, they don't have a chance, yeah, you know? They don't move forward, they don't move in. They stay static. And it's difficult to keep moving when everybody's just sitting, oh, everything's hallelujah. 
when you know you're really got to press in, mm -hmm. because you know you've yeah. taken hold of the hem of his garment, mm -hmm. and you can't let it go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been difficult. It's been difficult. But I tell you what, without the word, without the word, you can't. Without the word, uh, without the word in your spirit, it it won't sustain you. Because like I said, you cannot over. You can't fight this. With with mental powers. Well, we gotta we gotta. This is something we've got to continue in. Amen. So the devil wants you to jump in the pit that he's he's dug for you. He digs a pit of of adversity. He he digs this pit. I say he doesn't jump in till he wants you to. Yeah. Well. We're supposed to say to him, "No, I'm not no, jumping in it. You jump in it. You go first. You jump. You jump in the pit. You dug for me. I'm not jumping in it. You jump in it." The answer to that is no. And many times we've let Satan go so far in a in a test and a trial that uh, the spirit of de of despondency comes on us, and we lose our courage, and we want to quit. Uh, so the answer to that is, don't let him go that far. The very moment, the very moment that you realize he's coming with despondency and discouragement and, and trying to pressure you, uh, uh, kick him out. Kick him out. Don't let him hang around. Don't carry on. Don't let him talk to you. Uh, Gloria Copeland says, if you invite the devil in for... For supper, he'll bring his pajamas. You know, <laughs> if you invite him in the house, he'll bring his pajamas, and it's hard to get rid of him once. <laughs> once he's there, it's hard to get rid of him. Yeah. So, so it's much easier to deal with him straight instantly, straight yeah. away, than to let him hang around and get a foothold. Uh, he wants you to pull the blinds down, the curtains, and go sit in the corner, and you know. Uh, that's what he wants you to do. No, just kick him out first thing. It reminds me of those cold callers. It's better just to say no straight away before they keep trying yeah. to. Yeah, Nancy says it's like receiving a cold caller. You know, you don't let them make their speech. Just cut them off straight away. Yeah, that's a, that's a good example. Yeah, that's good. So when he says, count it all joy, you have to predetermine at this point, at the beginning, devil, you're not going to steal my joy. You're not going to steal the word that I'm standing on. I'm not moving. I'm not budging. Um, you're not having my, uh, my inheritance. You're not having my promise. You're not having my victory. So this is the importance of resisting the, the devil at the first thought of defeat. So verse 4 continues to say, Let endurance have perfect work. Now the understood subject here is you. You let endurance have perfect work. This is a decision of your will. Endurance is released and works at your will. We have everything we need now to carry us through the test. When the devil sees he's not making any progress, he will move on. He's not going to 
hang around for long because when he, he sees, uh-oh, I've come up against one of these word and faith and endurance people. Yeah, he does yeah. He doesn't have any endurance and he thinks, hey, I can just go down the street and this will be a whole lot easier, you know. So yeah, he'll go pick on somebody else. So so um uh he'll move on when he sees he's not making any progress. Let endurance have perfect work. Now this word perfect means complete, having reached its end, finished. Um, this is an interesting word here. Uh, this is, in the Greek, it's the word teleos, and it's where we get the English word telescope. Uh, and it describes uh, the, uh, the unfolding of a pirate's telescope. You know, it might start out this long. But that telescope extends out in stages. And when it's completely extended, now it functions at its fullest capacity. And that's what this means. Where faith is concerned, going through the necessary stages to reach the end goal, where our faith and endurance is functioning at full capacity. This is part of counting it all joy in verse 2. It means we're in for the long haul. We're, we're in, we're, we're going through every stage, and we're going to see this through to completion. This is not a 100-yard dash. It's a marathon, and probably a triathlon would be even more <laughs> accurate. <laughs> a triathlon is even more rigorous than a marathon. A marathon, you're just running. Triathlon is running, swimming, and cycling. So that's a real endurance. Yes. That's a real endurance sport. A lot of people start out in faith, and they fall out along the way. You stay in the fight until you have obtained what you have believed. And endurance is the necessary spiritual force that undergirds your faith underneath it's where the word underneath and to stay. It comes underneath uh, to undergird your faith, kind of like pillars on a bridge or, or a railroad or something. It holds that track up. It holds the bridge up and keeps it operating. That ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. This word entire means possessing all that has been allotted to you by inheritance. All that has been allotted to you by inheritance. When your endurance has completed its full course, the end goal finished, it's, it's uh, completed, it will not succumb to trial. You're not moved off God's word. Then comes the manifestation of what you have believed and you're standing in your full inheritance. Amen. You're standing in your full inheritance. Wanting nothing. Now, this is a good word. No deficiencies. No deficiencies, leaving nothing behind. You're standing in everything allocated to you in 
Christ. And that's, that's our mission, really. That's our mission. And this yeah. ministry and the Word of Faith yeah. ministry is for every believer to be standing in their full inheritance in Christ. That's what all of this is about. That's what all of this is about. And, and the devil comes to confuse people and to deceive them and to get them majoring on minors and offend uh, them and, and anything to keep them away from this. He comes to confuse them because this is the final, this is the end deal, is that we're standing in our full inheritance and everything he comes against us with is to put us off, is to stop us, stop our faith. Because, because if he cannot stop your faith, you are going to stand in your full inheritance. And he knows that. He knows more about the word and these spiritual principles than most Christians do. And he knows how to come at people. And that's why, uh, you know, the more we live by faith, the more we uh, see victories and we gain ground, we get, we get stronger and we get wiser. Mm -hmm. We get wiser to his strategies. And we can see him coming 50 miles down the road now. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. we, we don't have to spend three months in a test and trial, uh, perhaps, when now we can see him coming 50 yards down the road and we can jump on him straight away and, and avoid the whole thing, you know, or at least maybe this trial lasts two days instead of two years or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we, we also get wiser. Divine health, prosperity, deliverance, joy, a blessed family. This is, this is what God has allotted us and what he's promised us in his word, and we're going after it. And I'm trying to reach as many believers as I can to go after it. Amen. So, Bob, how do you stay in endurance? Like, how, how do you keep the faith? By, by just by making this predetermined decision. Nancy mm -hmm. says, how do you keep faith? Well, by making this predetermined decision that you're not going to move, you're not going to give up the ground you've taken, that, that your faith, folks, we can outlast a fallen angel. The devil is nothing but a fallen angel. We, we can be more persistent than he is. We have more spiritual equipment to outlast him. He's not the all-powerful. He's not equal with God. He doesn't have the powers of God. He can only deceive. That's his greatest he, he can deceive you, he can accuse you, and he can tempt you. And that's, the, that's the, all he has to work with. And over the centuries, over the thousands of years, he has become a master at perfecting those things. But he's very limited. There's not much in his bag that he can pull out. He, he, has, to, uh, he has to deceive you and convince you See, the natural world can prove to you that your faith is not working. And he has influence over this natural world. He has influence over the natural circumstances. He's been kicked out of the spiritual realm, and that's the realm that we're operating in. Yeah. We're operating from a spiritual realm. He's operating 
from this natural physical realm where he can uh, have influence, he can influence people and things in this physical realm, but we're not dealing with him on the physical realm. We're dealing with him on the spiritual realm. And as, and, and as long as we keep him out in that spiritual realm, yeah. in the what Brother Hagen calls the faith arena, you keep the devil in the faith arena and you will defeat him every time. But if you allow him to pull you over in the natural realm, then he begins to gain the, the territory. And, and so uh, these are things we have to be taught. And that's, that's why we're, we're talking about these things. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, we're, we keep him in the spiritual realm. And, and this is, like I said, this is an act of our will. We make the decision. We predetermine. Uh, Satan, you know, I've already got this. God's already got it. It's a matter of time. And time is another thing he uses. <laughs> another thing he uses against us. You know, well, if God was going to do it, he would have done it by now. Well, that's one of his favorite, you know, statements to, to discourage people and to try to... You know, get people to give up and quit. So, we are joint heirs with Jesus. Count it all joy. Predetermine. You're going to stand your ground. We have his name, his authority, his blood, his word, his faith. And like I said, we can be more persistent than a fallen angel. Amen? Yes. He is afraid of you. He is afraid of you. That's the real truth, and that's why he works so hard to try to, uh, to get, give us to quit because he knows, he knows the victory is inevitable if, as long as we keep acting on the word and, and keep the, our faith applied. It's just a matter Jesus of time. It's a matter of time um, that our victory, we're going to be standing in our victory. And that's what he's, he's after. And we're saying no. Amen? We're saying no. So let's... Uh, so you can see in this, the devil himself, the devil himself has proven that your faith can stand up to anything that he brings against you. The devil himself has personally proven that your faith is the real deal. You, This one's got it. Amen. These people have got it. Amen? Amen. And, 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 and when he sees that, you'll notice also that he doesn't visit your house as often as he used to. Amen? Amen. He doesn't visit your house. And if he does, he isn't going to stay as long as he used to stay. Amen? Amen. So the devil himself has proven that your faith is up to the Task. It's the genuine Bible faith. It's the faith of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, so he, he himself has proven it. It's the real deal. Amen. So let's say this together. I resist the devil at the first thought of defeat. I predetermine. God is not giving me anything tragic. God is not giving me anything tragic. He is good. He is good. He is good. And wants me blessed. 
and watch me flesh and overcoming. And I refuse to fling away my confidence. And I make myself act on the word. I will not fall out of the race. I let endurance have its perfect work. Until I am complete, until I am complete, entire, wanting nothing, no deficiencies of any type. No deficiencies of any type. Amen. 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 Amen.